Please note, this episode contains some strong language and references trauma and bereavement. See show notes for helpful links. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Oh, and I meant to say, if we get emphatic and bump the table, then the sound will probably distort, so... So I'll try not to try not to go emphatically bump the table. I mean, I know you're an emphatic person, but do you know what? It's, it's interesting though because see, when I connect to a person, like I'm like you, it's like blether, blether, blether. I don't do small talk. I struggle with small talk. See, with people that are very, this sounds really bad, surface level, and I'm like, mm, but I can be quite quiet and introverted sometimes because um, I conserve my energy. Because when I meet somebody and you have that connection, it's just like. Blah, and then you're energised and then you have to fall back that night and you're like, oh, I had such a good day because I could so speak true. to somebody. I, I think a lot of the people in the podcast, being creative, being in the creative world, like, well, I say that, like, everyone's creative, but mm-hmm. when they've chosen their pathway to be that creative output, like, it comes up quite a lot that, you know, it's just the people that you make that instant connection with and it's mm-hmm. not, like, surface level. You know, it's nice to meet people and, you know, talk about the weather or whatever, but... I but it's, it's it has that exhaustive part yes. to it and it's not like you're... It's not like you're masking, right? But it's just, like, it's almost like you're having to play a part. Like, I always say, like, some days I have to adult and I know we all say that, but it's, like, sometimes I feel like I have to pretend I'm an adult whereas deep down I'm a wee bit... Non adult, yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what I mean? Adults have forgotten how to play, and that is that I mean to keep that childlike, like fun uh-huh. aspect working in the arts. Like, I play games all the time, that's mm-hmm. same nature to me. So, sometimes when I'm in spaces, I'm like, we could just play a game, you could see the horror in people's faces, you know, like, <laughs> but this, this is this weird is because I always think, like, for myself, I see people as archetypes, so it's like there are certain people I feel that their purpose in life was to be a nurse, to Mm -hmm. be a teacher, to be a policeman, all this type of thing, and whether they fell into it or not. It's like when school asks you when you're tiny, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, let's box you right now. Let's put you into this wee box and you've got to work towards that goal. And when I think about people being a nurse, I'm like, well, I could do that. I like to care for people, but I also get really fed up when people don't help themselves. So it's like, I wouldn't have the patience to do something like that. So for example, if I go to Evie's school uh, parents' night, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm having to be an adult. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I feel like I'm playing a part of being an adult because it's like, you always wonder, are people going to think you're mental? It's like always been the dreamer at school. It was like, oh, you know, you'll never amount to much. You'll never, you need to get your head down, you need to get stuck in, you need to focus and do all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, how can I not just focus and then still be that as well? Ah, like you say, fitting in that box, like I'm not just one thing, I'm many things. Ah, I, well, this is this is it. Do you know, it actually, it reminds me of um, a to and fro I had 
uh, Facebook at the weekend. Now, I don't actually often go onto Facebook now. I think Facebook's a wee bit like toxic soup. And I think that after, obviously, the COVID pause and everything, people use social media even more so now as an outlet for toxicity. Now, I know we can't judge people but people like air their trauma in different ways, whether it's like being a keyboard warrior or just somebody that just likes to be nasty. But anyway, I'd put, I'd put up a post about something. It was a bit of information that I'd heard. Now, it's quite controversial, but it was just a statement and it was a question of, well, why, are, why is there not more people talking about this? Mm-hmm. And the majority of people were like, oh my God, thank you for mentioning it. Thank you for mentioning it because it's almost like they were suddenly allowed to speak about it. And then this one person comes in and she's like, uh, stick to Zumba. You're known for narrative pushing. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not pushing a narrative. It was a statement. I was asking a question, which I'm entitled to do. Absolutely. On your own platform. On my own platform. On my page. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, wow. And my response to her was, well, Zumba's not who I am. It's something I do. Uh-huh. You know, there's more to me than that. You know, why would I need to fit into a box to appease you. You know, this is nothing to do with Zumba. And it was so, so funny to watch this kind of thread unfold in front of my eyes of people who were like, you've no right to say this about her. And then her coming back and saying, look what you've done, Sandra. Look what you've caused. Look at that argument. You're not inspiring anyone. And it was just like, I don't feel like inspiring mm-hmm. to do that. Comment That's was not about inspiring anybody. Ah. Why do I have to? Because you know me from a certain brand or path or whatever, that I have to be one dimensional mm. like that, that I'm not allowed to step outside of that box because you think it taints you. She actually said it taints my image of you. And I'm like, well, I'd rather let you... You did that. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I said, you need to take a wee bit of responsibility for the fact that you're the person that commented. People will respond to you. You have to... Mm -hmm. For you to have your voice, you have to allow people to respond also. You know, you're not immune for the consequences of voicing your opinion. However, I'll never take what you said off of my page because I believe that women should be allowed to voice it regardless of whether I agree with it or not. Because if I can say what I want to say, you have to be able to say what you want to say. So... It just went down this whole thing where I was like, you know, this is something I've actually been speaking about for years. And it's really, I don't know why it became such a passion and a need and an urgency to speak about it constantly. And that's, I feel like women, we're just going in circles. We go in circles. It's like we get, we think we have a quality in some aspects and other aspects. And I'm like, you know what? We're not just fighting against the patriarchy. We have the women who are part of the patriarchy. We have so many different facets of society where why do people consistently try to silence us and you're only allowed to speak in a certain way if it makes someone someone's day brighter or someone's, you know... And my response to that lady was, well, I'm sorry if I let you down, quote, unquote. I says, but I'd rather be real uh, and talk my talk, walk my talk, rather than just appease you because you feel like I should be in this wee box and I should be like that smiley happy all the time. Did she evolve as a person? So when that person came across you and decided who you were, mm-hmm. what you, you know, from what you're putting out in the world, mm-hmm. I guess, unless they know you, they've met you in mm-hmm. person, I'm guessing they maybe have just saw you on a stage, mm-hmm. you know, at Sandra Harness, Zumba, like we were saying, or they've seen you online and they've just, just they've painted that picture of you. You know, but between them, you know, getting to know you, quote unquote, 
to this point where you put something in your social media. Like, mm-hmm. You've evolved as a person. They don't know what's happened to you, what you've been witness to, what you've experienced. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and they, they like you've got to wear this one label, <laughs> and if the label doesn't suit that day, do you know I mean that, that, that that's a problem for people? I just don't understand. I... Like, like why do we need to fit in a box? Why? I mean, who who decided that? Like, mm-hmm. and that's just humans in general. I mean, why? aside from the, the you know the chat about women, and and we can absolutely explore that. But just generally, why are we saying to people like you need to do one thing? This is it. It's like when you look at the school system right now. I'll be very, very honest with you. I was, I was the gifted child at primary. Mm-hmm. Right, I had mm-hmm. a brother who I had an older brother. He was a year older than me. And he was super disruptive. But I'm talking in the eight. I was born in 1980. Obviously, um, clearly, I'm 21. However, oh, defying time. Yes, time does not exist. It's a construct. So therefore, <laughs> yeah, timeless. But going to school and going to a Catholic school. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's been so very regimented and stuff. And I, I had kind of learned pretty quickly that in order to be kind of complimented or to have an easy life, you fit into a box, you work hard, you get your sums right, you get a gold star at the end of the day, you basically become the teacher's person. And then that way that allows you a quiet life, you know. And my brother, we, he was the uh, entire opposite of that. He was very disruptive. He was like anti-establishment. Okay. like. But it wasn't on purpose. So it turns out my brother had lots of kind of learning difficulties. Yeah. You know, he's dyslexic. He's got ADHD. Probably borderline autistic as well. Okay. But back in the day, he was just a troubled boy. You know, he was back in the day, he was still getting punched in the back by the teachers, you know, when he misbehaved and that oh, kind of stuff. Gosh. And I always remember watching his time at school and thinking right I have to be the opposite of that because I don't want punched in the back you know I don't want any of that kind of stuff so really excelling at primary school yeah. but then getting to into high school and then that mask that you made yourself have mm-hmm. to fit in started to slip mm-hmm. and it was harder and harder and harder to be well, I want to sit at that desk for eight hours a day and I want to learn what you're telling me even if I don't agree with it like getting into trouble for asking questions, like being inquisitive, for, yeah, for questioning things and thinking. You know, I completely rebelled in secondary school, and I always thought for years and years and years it was because I got in with a bad crowd, and it was probably part of it, you know. But it was always also discovery of myself, and it was that rebellious nature that finally I was in this group of people who were rebels. And then I felt like I was being myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas to the school and the establishment, they're like, oh, she's off the rails, you know. Yeah. She'll never be anything and blah, blah, blah. And getting to the age of 42 and realising through having my own daughter and her kind of going through her schoolwork and knowing, looking back, that I didn't fail school. School failed me Mm. because I didn't want to sit in that trained desk and listen to a monotone teacher who clearly didn't want to be there telling us this and telling us that, putting your hand up and saying, but, 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 saying, why are you asking that? Schooling hasn't changed. So... We've got this epidemic of kids that are unruly. People are struggling to control kids when it's like, well, why Why do we need to design them? Who said in society that we get the right to design our children? It's like almost like society isn't set up for evolution. I, I don't know if, if you remember any teachers that were, that stood out to you because they 
they did inspire, they did, there was like a glint in their eye, like, I remember having a modern studies teacher, and you know, he would spark debate, his classroom was always dead noisy, we were always talking about, you know, current affairs, Mm -hmm. but he was getting people interested because he cared, he cared about the subject, and he just didn't ever come across as a teacher, Uh quote unquote, do you know what I mean? Like, he just seemed like a guy who was right into what was happening in the world and just loved to have conversations about it. So passion, like Uh having someone stand in front of you with passion that allows you to ask questions, like even the value in that Mm -hmm. is like, it's like, I always reference my daughter because I always say she's my teacher. Okay. And I know that sounds crazy, but I like to think that when Evie was born, she kind of, she saved me from me, mm. right? And okay, we can go into that later. But she's taught me so much, not just about being a mother, but just how, as children, how easy it is to break a child's character when you feel like as a parent that they have to be a certain way. Let's say you're still in that societal kind of programming. Like, we need to go to school, and you need to do this, and you've got to be good, and I want a great report card. Mm. Just allowing her to be herself, Mm -hmm. to make mistakes and stuff. And she came home from school one day, primary school. She's in high school now. And she's like, "Um, oh, yeah, I I got into trouble from Miss such and such today. I'm like, why? And she's like, because we're talking about Ari. I think it was Easter, something to do Easter, right? Now, we're not religious, Mm -hmm. but she went to that school because it was a good school. That was why I put Mm -hmm. in that school, which coincidentally was the same primary school that I went to, right? Got you. But me stupidly thinking things had evolved and changed since I had been there, um, they have some great teachers there. Don't get me wrong; I'm not, I'm not coming down in it at all. But there was the kind of old kind of religious theme still running through an education establishment, which I think's bonkers. But that's my opinion. Um, and she came home and she said, "Yeah, they were talking about you know Jesus and they moved the stone of the tomb or something." I'm like, "Right, all oh, right." And says, "Why did you get in trouble for that?" She's like, "Because I asked the teacher. Well, how do we know?" And she said, well, it's in the book. It's in the good book, you know, the Bible. And she's like, but how do we know? How do we know it's not just a book that somebody wrote? Like, And she referenced some book that they were reading in class about the elephants, some magical elephant or something. And she's like, well, someone wrote that book and they made it up. So how do we not know? And apparently the teacher was infuriated with this and she was like, you know, well, we don't question things like that. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. The teacher told you you couldn't ask a question about religion. Well, that to me is not... That's what's wrong with the world. This is what's wrong when you can't even... Because if the world ended tomorrow, right? So let's say the world ended tomorrow and the only thing to survive was roll down the BFG and one person came up from another planet 20 years <laughs> later and they found this book, the BFG, and they were like, oh, this is this is a book for life. This is we're supposed to live by that. You know, it's like, how how do we know? There's, yeah, there's I mean, too much like, to there's, ask. There's a, there's a place, I mean, my opinion is there's a place for everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you have faith of any description, yes. and that brings you solace, that brings yeah, totally. that you on a pathway that is good, that makes you a kinder person, all of the good stuff, then great. You know, okay. it doesn't harm anybody else, but you have to keep asking questions, mm-hmm. you know, like about well, the world it. and about what we believe. And not even just sure. religion, everything we're told, Correct. history, Correct. the works, because... Yeah, I don't think that, how can that be a bad thing? Mm-hmm. And to shut down these conversations, mm-hmm. but it just is. But how? <laughs> Do you know, my dad used to say to me all the time, he would say, tradition is the antithesis to evolution. 
And he said that some traditions are amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, family, having dinner together, these are values, right? These are like yes. valued traditions, mm-hmm. which I think are so important, right? Because families are important. If you get a great family, then amazing. It's a bonus. But certain things and certain cultures and stuff where you can't question or you're not allowed to question or it's blaspheming or, you know, we, we could potentially evolve into something better and beautiful if we are allowed to have questions like for example referencing that woman on Facebook the other day trying to shut down this conversation about the comment that I had made Mm -hmm. and I think to myself well if we silence people there is no conversation nothing gets resolved it's like if you know let's say a child's at school and they're getting bullied the first thing you say is tell somebody Mm -hmm. speak about it mental health speak about it talk to someone about it but yet if you have a different opinion then we have the right to shut you down. It's like all the the bonkersness that goes on in other countries. Like you, you either have to be on the left side or the right side. Well, why do you have to be in extremes? Why can you not just be in the middle and make up yeah. your own mind based on the information that's in front of you? You always find common ground with even with people that you, right. you. There's lots of things that you don't agree on that mm-hmm. are, you see the world differently. There'll be some sort of common ground that you can. And it's a, it's about having mutual respect. It's going. Mm-hmm. I, I see. I hear you. I'm just not with you, or mm-hmm. you know, can you explain that further? Or and you may be, be being open to having your mind changed. I think is dead important. So as well, important. Being just like not deciding when you get to mm-hmm. age forty or forty-two or whatever it is that I know it all and I know who I am. <laughs> I, I, do you I mean and I've sussed it and this is what mm-hmm. I believe in? And I think it's important to have you know, like you said, your values and things that mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't necessarily budge on to a certain extent. You know, like things that you're like. I would take that, mm-hmm. you know, you're protecting yourself, protecting your family, yes. protecting what's, you know, important, but also just having that openness to being like, I don't know it all, mm-hmm. you know, I really don't. And I think, yeah, questions, curiosity. Is, Hi, curiosity, that's such a... go round, do you know what I mean? It's like when you look, like, I often say, Evie, like, when you look around, like, your ideas come to you for a reason mm-hmm. like inspiration and spirit whatever you believe it whether you believe it comes from your god your source the universe whatever it comes in for a reason because everything we touch like this cup was once a thought in someone's head like that's why we have cups that's why we have the things we can use every day and if if you shut that kind of curiosity and creativity down there, there is no expansion totally. and I, I listen i understand because there's a lot of belief systems that people feel safe with and they cling on to mm. things you know and i do believe that that especially when it comes to faith and stuff it does it makes people feel love yes that part of something greater you yeah, know which yeah, is amazing totally those good things but it's just so important that you can't just shut people down for speaking and the thing is don't get me wrong there are people out there that say things and i'm like what that's wild right i mean if you're leading with hate i exactly not not on but you can't for a respectful opinion or a question about something else i just think why when did we decide that a disagreement equaled division Mm. you know i mean how can we not just have disagreement equals conversation or further conversation rather than just Right, well, I don't agree with you, therefore we are enemies. It's just, it's so insane. And I say Evie all the time, I say it's, it's, we we seem to be in this age of it's black or white, it's left or right, it's... Um, you have to pick. You have to pick a side, right? Why, why does it have to be that whole contrast? You know, it's like this, we're in this realm of polarity at this moment where you're not allowed to be in the centre. You know, it's even mm-hmm. going back to lyrics. Like I used to have a, a T-shirt... 
and it was um, referencing Grandmaster Flash. I think it was Grandmaster Flash. And it was, um, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And taking that to the extremes and being like, well, you know, yeah, I'm going to stand them on two feet and blah, 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 blah. But I think people need to learn the art of discernment. Like, when does that apply? <laughs> you know, can I apply this to every facet of existence in life? No, no, no you can't. You need to wiggle room, you need to be... Right. Sometimes you need to be a bit horizontal about stuff right. and just, like, let it wash over you. Mm-hmm. Because that can be a good thing too, do you know what I mean? And then if there's something that you're very passionate about, then you should be able to speak about it and not be shut down. Yes. People should just hear you and, like, value your opinion and respect it. And I go, yeah, that, that's lovely. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you found your thing. And as long as you're not harming anybody else over there, Aye. carry on. Aye. You know, I think, like, you mentioned tradition, you know, and I think, like, Scottish tradition is really important. Any cultural tradition is really important mm-hmm. to keep alive. But also, it, 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 it has evolved to the point that you call it, you know, a traditional dance or a traditional song. Yes. Like, it didn't always sound or look like that. Mm-hmm. But I think people have got this idea, some people have got this idea, like, you know, that it's always looked like that and if you change it then you're doing something wrong I worked with a Scottish dance company I've told this story before so anybody's listening to the podcast is like she's always talking about this but I, it was my remit to come into the, the dance company and make Kaylee cool hi right so I was getting into schools and I was like we're doing Kaylee dancing and all the wings were like oh no <laughs> like we were all like, I ended up always having to be partners with a teacher because nobody was like, <laughs> So it was like, well, how can we make this cool? Like, because it is cool. It's just moves. It's not mm. any different to any other dance style. It's just moves. But somehow it's been sold to you in a way that you don't think it's cool and you don't enjoy it. But we're trying to keep this alive and it's good exercise, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's a community thing together. So we should keep it alive. So I was basically mixing Kaylee with other dance styles. So with Kaylee Fusion, basically. So it was like salsa and uh, Kaylee, Bollywood and Kaylee. Sometimes we would just do a straight Kaylee dance, but we'd do it to a Black Eyed Peas track. I see, brilliant. And the minute you said, folk were up for it. Do you know what I mean? Like they were like, all right, okay, cool. This is cool. Because maybe they weren't in the music or whatever. And uh, I, I did this photo shoot once and... Um, I had a kilt on and I had a slashed T-shirt. So my bed, midriff, back in the days when I had one that you wanted to see. Oh, where you go? The abs were in force. Answer over eight. Somebody got a letter for somebody, like, appalled. Appalled. Oh, cut. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's one person. And I'm sure mm. lots of other people are like, it's just a belly. Like, not mm. just bothered. You know, but it was like as if I was like, ruining the traditions. Like, what are you doing you to the tarnished traditions? it. Ah, oh, and I was just like, quite backwards to I have absolute mm-hmm. respect like for these dances people are creating Kaylee dances all the time mm-hmm. you know new ones that I'm not abolishing you I would teach the Kaylee dance and then show them how we, we could change it so mm-hmm. you could switch up a do do for a different arm movement different gestures you know you would use your arms above your head or but it just was this like that's what it is don't change don't it, touch like, it where's the creativity where's the evolution where's the well if if we're selling this, we're peddling this one thing and nobody likes it, well, it's mm. not going to last then. It's not going to That's right. Aye, you're forward. so right. Aye. And it just seemed such a shame at the time. And I think, obviously, at the time, I wasn't mature enough. I was quite like, oh, they don't like me. Now I'd be like, actually, here's how I'm going to educate you and what, what I'm trying mm. to do. But I think you're right. I think it's just um, being open. And I think that's my understanding of you. I don't. We don't know each other very well but I feel like I do know you mm-hmm. because I've known you for a long time and I've seen you on that pedestal and that platform and Sandra Zumba but I think you've 
for me, you've always had this aura of more than that. That Aww, a genuine person. I, I genuinely don't think I'm a very interesting person. So shut the front. No, no, I'm being, I'm being serious. That, you know, no, but no, you, you like you are. This is why you're here. <laughs> you that's what, well, when you're yeah, here, I was like, like that's why we're it's 24 me. minutes in, and look what we spoke about already. Mm-hmm. And there's no surface level. We went right mm-hmm. in, and that's what I knew I was going to get from you. I knew that because that's that aura that thing that you put out in the world even through your social media or even when I have met you in person I was just like I like you well it takes a blitherer to know a blitherer sorry, sorry I, that's, that's it. an awful one uh, well do you know what listen it's funny because um it's like nothing's off the table for me mm. um like I, I, I don't judge see if I, if I met someone like I said to you at the start of this I'd rather they ask me something so left field <laughs> bonkers that it caught me off guard and say oh the weather's crap the day in it that my soul just dies i'm like there is more to you as a human yeah, and we're doing this thing well, okay. I, but you know i don't know if that's come from me feeling like i had to pretend this is going to sound crazy but i've always felt like i had to pretend to human to be no, normal quote unquote normal mm-hmm. but what is normal we know it's not a thing right Nothing. but always knowing for a very young age that I was different to what I seen everybody else be, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like like when I was younger I thought that was a really bad thing, and even up into my teens and stuff, I always felt like I was always that proverbial square peg, you know. It's like my mum used to tell me she says, "Oh, I was the second youngest, came from a really big family, crazy Irish mother, who passed her ADHD straight onto my brother, and probably threw it a wee bit through all us as well." But growing up with a bonkers mother. You always felt normal, but as soon as you went out into the world, you're like, oh, we're not all. I'm like, ah, wait, wait, people are different. Mm. You know, it's like when you you would say certain things. Like I never had a filter when I was young. I would say something. It's funny because Donna, we we both know Donna Giffen, yes. right? But Donna Giffen laughs and she's like, you are. She calls me the the oracle, right? Because <laughs> yes. she says you are the most random person I've ever met. And I'm like, but I find you quite random, Donna, as well, which is why we connect, you know. You and Donna kindred Like I remember we were just sitting in the car and we were going somewhere and she's the kind of person I could go, Do you think penguins have knees? Do you know what I mean? But she's the kind of person I can be random like that with. And I see it in my daughter now as well, but she seems to have a better grip on it than I did okay. you know so and it's weird because like could you be like function with it normal people aye the, the, the normies so the normies and because it's always been but maybe I'm like does, is everybody just kicking about wondering if penguins have knees but they're just not saying it that's what I'm thinking you know is it just a case of maybe we're kind of devoid of that chip that kind of <laughs> yes, right, that's like, not an appropriate time to mention that you know kind of that verbal diarrhea moment yes. like the person that laughs when you're not supposed to laugh mm-hmm. but it's because it could be a nervous thing it could be something else but I admire that because I am the person who will try and be that chameleon I think uh-huh. so I but because so when you were telling the story about you being at primary school I was like mm-hmm. I'm your pal Aye. I was like overachiever like don't shout at me I will actually like that'll be the end you're similarly age it's like, like I... uh, and I'm still at that mm-hmm. and like it's only getting to this age I'm probably going has that served you well to be the goody two shoes to always do the right Lisa's always done the right thing but I think that comes see just by you saying that makes me think that you're a very empathic person and you're very sensitive 
And that was the thing my mum used to always say because I used to get upset about things. Like I, I wasn't allowed to watch Lassie for God's sake, you know, because yeah. I would cry at Lassie and things that weren't real. But just having this general feeling of why are people the way they are? It, it hurts me, you know, like it's all about me. But it's, my mum used to just say, some people are wired differently when it comes to sensitivity. So rather than, you would say something to my brother, the teacher would shout at my brother and it would just roll off him. He'd be like, whatever. Teacher would say the same thing to me and I would I would think about the whole night. I'd oh, get yeah. in my bed, like, why did she say that? Or it could be a completely normal sentence. And I'd be like, why did she say that like that? Correct. I would read underneath it, behind it, all around the sides of it. It was that, what do you call it, that... Analysis paralysis, where you 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 look so deeply into everything that I kind of think that sometimes that chameleon thing you're talking about is a protection because you just don't want it to be there because you know how much it affects you. So true. You know? you're, you're spot on. You've nailed it. I mean, I, I, it was only as an adult I remember I, I realised that I had feigned illness because the teacher was just crab it. But she's genuinely crab it. And I remember her being crab it with everybody, but I just couldn't deal with it because I needed it to be nice to me. Aye. You know, and I just couldn't deal with the vibe. And it was only as an adult, I was like, you were nil. Mm-hmm. You literally took a couple of days off because you were so scared mm-hmm. and so upset that she mm-hmm. was annoyed and you thought it was but your that, But that's valid. But yeah. that's the thing. You feigning <laughs> illness was your body's way or your mind's way or consciousness's way of protecting you from mm-hmm. her. You know, I know we're looking back and think, well, was it all about me? But I don't. I think, especially as a child, the mind does what it needs to be to keep you safe. Yes. You know, so and true. I think your mind was like, well, do you know what? This is actually affecting me. It might mm-hmm. not be physically affecting me, but mentally, emotionally, it's affecting me. I need to take myself out of this this environment. Because yeah. what does what what does a child do in trauma? You, you either get away or you zone out. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think that was anything to do with attention or I wanted her to be nice to me. I just don't think that your wee mind could survive in that yeah. situation. So you, yeah. you, you... I mean, it's something probably as an adult I would still do to an mm-hmm. extent. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's your coping strategies. I mean, when you start to understand, like, you're trying to understand the world and you're trying to understand yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think we're still doing that as adults. Of course, especially, especially as women because we have to wear so many hats. So you as a person who has you know, travelled the world through your career and you're witnessing lots of different types of people and you're mm. in the room. And I guess because of, you know, what you do with, with Zumba and movement and inspiring people, use that word earlier on, um, you will be getting a lot of stuff back from people. So we're talking about not the surface level stuff like the weather, mm-hmm. but, you know, somebody is in a class with you and has that experience and we all know what that feeling like once you've achieved something, you've gone through some collectively as a group, you'll be getting people coming up to you and saying all sorts of mm-hmm. things, I would imagine, and bearing their soul. As somebody who is empathetic and is curious and questioning the world, like, how have you been able to, like, I don't know, cope with that or manage that in, mm-hmm. in a way that's good for you? Because it must be overwhelming. Well, this is, this is the thing, um, and I'm going to be candid here. Mm-hmm. That that kind of stuff, even like um, personal messages, DMs and stuff like that, and just people sharing their moments. And sometimes people will do it before class, they'll do it after class. Sometimes I feel internally, I'm like, this is not the right time for this. I can't give you my full attention. Yes, but then I also have to respect that that's when they want to voice that and I need to try and manage that. Yeah, but you've got a whole lot of other stuff I, in your head at that time. And I never, ever want to be the person that doesn't seem interested because I genuinely am interested, but to a fault, whereas, like, 
during the lockdown, mm. um, I suffered from severe anxiety, like really bad anxiety. And it started, well, I think we all did, didn't we? But yeah. it came on me like, like I woke up and I was like, oh, oh my God, is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a panic attack. What's going on? Like, I didn't know what was happening. And I think it was just putting two to and two together was the sheer influx of messages from people panicking from their loved ones, from asking my advice when I'm like, well, I don't think I'm qualified to advise you on this to really, really deep, dark moments with people who are reaching out to me. And I'm like, suddenly I feel like I'm responsible because they've shared that from me of with course, me. Yeah. So I found at the start of lockdown, I was going to my bed worrying about people I didn't even know, oh, right? Gosh, and just like panicking and thinking, well, what is this? And I actually think I was still, I, I, in fact, I know I was still grieving for my mum because my mum passed away April of 2019. Mm-hmm. So me stupidly being the kind of person I am, I'm like, I'm going back to work in two weeks. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I've got a job to do. Um, so I went back to work two weeks later and I threw myself into probably what was one of my busiest work years. Okay. I toured South Africa, I toured Asia. I was just nonstop, bang, 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 bang. And it was because I know now I don't want to sit with my own grief because then I have to. And that's so that, understandable. Right? But You did what you thought was right at the time. Exactly, for exactly. Yeah, I know that now. Thing, totally. Oh, my God. We wish yeah. you. Yeah. You think you learn, but... Because obviously I lost my dad when I was 18, so thinking that I would be able to function and go forward. But what happened was during lockdown, I'm still in that grieving process. When you're not running about Mm -hmm. on a timer, I have to be at the airport at this time, I have to do this time, I have to get that playlist sorted, I'm going to create that choreography. The mind is always constantly doing. Yeah, distracted. Distracted, that's exactly what it is. And then suddenly I'm in the house I've got a daughter that can't go to school. She's climbing the walls mm-hmm. um, because she's a very creative person. I've got all these messages for people and then suddenly I'm forced to face the fact that I actually haven't dealt with my own grief for my mum. Plus, all this shit just appeared from when I was 15 mm-hmm. till I was 20, till I was like 22. And all these dots... <laughs> started forming where can you imagine we are and I don't I, I don't know if you've been through this where you're suddenly faced with the timeline of your entire life and you start to see patterns in certain things mm. and I was like what for want of a better well, word just because you're just uh, like from day to day week uh, to week and the probably always looking forward exactly because you know, it's diaries and times and especially somebody who's traveling the world and mm-hmm. and that needs to be on, I, I think, mm-hmm. that performative aspect of mm-hmm. what you do. You know, I, I mean, I, I'll say it all the time, you know, you don't just go to work, like, you're mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You're, you can't just turn up and sit in a corner and not talk to MD and just do Aye. your work. You know, and I'm not downplaying that. Mm-hmm. That is work. But what you do is you hold space for people. Mm-hmm. And without all the chatting and the people telling you their life stories, just that alone experience like expel so much energy you need so much energy mm-hmm. for that so you must have just been like always go 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 100 miles mm-hmm. an hour thinking ahead not really taking stock of what's behind you mm-hmm. and but it's baggage in it so it's like you're carrying it was, it was like 
you're so right because I was always like, right, we need to get this done. Right, we need to get that done. It was that constant distraction was my coping mechanism. Totally. Without having to deal with what I'd been through. Like when I, I traced it all the way back to like when I started rebelling at school and I was like, oh God. And it was like this path just opened up in my mind, right? This is where you started and this is where you are. And this is all the shit you haven't processed in between. So when I was 15, uh, I got into a relationship. Uh, my mum and my dad had split up then. And I just always remember my mum, I think back now and what she was going through. She had five kids. My dad was never really there anyway, let's be honest. It was, you know, but when they finally broke up, Everything just went to crap. My poor mum was going through, she was basically holding it together with a stick of glue. Like when I look back and I see how she was then, yeah. and we didn't know because we were young, we didn't appreciate it. You know, yes. she had no money, we had no heating, we were on floorboards, sometimes we couldn't eat, you know, and it, she was holding all that together. So I was able to rebel and disappear with no consequences because my mum was, poor cow was like, aye. She was going through trauma, whatever. So I, I meet this guy. That's my escape for for this life, right? Yeah. So I meet this guy, and he's an absolute maniac. He is like abusive. He is violent. He's into drugs. He's into everything. And I, <laughs> I'm fifteen. I didn't know any better, right? This was what my idea of what somebody, somebody that really loves you so much wants to lock you in a house because he loves you so much. You know what I mean? This kind of thing. So. I went through all of this, finally managed to get away from him. I went away dancing, distracted myself with that. I met this other guy who was lovely and being as messed up as I was from that, couldn't fully commit mm. to this relationship. And plus, I was also young and yeah. then I got a job that I loved. Like I, I, I landed on my feet and I got promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted and suddenly I'm 19, hitting 20, dancing, doing my thing that I love um, on the side and working for this global fashion brand. Wow. Being able to meet famous people, mm. being able to dress famous people, like then that leading on to something else and on to something else and then all this big mad gap of just rush doing things, mm. doing things, being a human doing rather than a human being. Mm. And then purely by accident, bumping into a guy one night and ended up getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So, and rather than being horrified at the fact that I was pregnant because I'd avoided it my whole life, I was actually overjoyed. And it was this weirdest thing. It was, you know, when you just have a feeling where the, you're exactly where you're supposed right. to be. As much as I wasn't set up for a new person to come into my life, I knew she was wanted more than anything. And then... I've had my daughter and I decided to give up that crazy rat race and I was in a position where I was able to stay at home and be a mum mm -hmm. um, and I just dedicated all of my time to her. But then she got sick and she ended up with this really rare um, medical condition that there was no cure for, there was none of this. And so we ended up, well, I ended up because it was me that done it and I'll say that because I can say that now. We didn't do it, it was me and her. Mm -hmm. We did it. She was in hospital once a week for 24 hours. She had a port cath in her heart valve, getting medication. There was all this horrible information about, you know, these kids that get this condition, you know, a lot of them don't live past such and such an age and whatever. And the other wee girl in Scotland that had the same condition as Evie, she died really quickly what? after she was diagnosed. So that was me. Like, I was like, oh, my God. But keeping it together, because I knew... 
if Evie saw me panicked, she would panic. So I was on for seven years. I was like, we're doing this and we're doing that. And, you know, we, uh, thankfully, the sick kids in Edinburgh and the consultancy, she got the most amazing treatment. She was went into remission at the age of seven. She's 15 now. She's amazing. She's healthy. Um, she's brilliant. So as soon as she started to get better, I found Zumba. Back on. And then Zumba went bing, 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 bing. Oh, right. And then took me on this completely other direction. So life was good because she was better. Mm-hmm. I was going and I was able to to provide and, you know, give her the life I never had, even though I fell into that trap of being the mum that was away working all the time, thinking I was giving her everything she ever wanted and all this kind of thing. So suddenly lockdown hits. I've got all of this stuff coming for everybody else. I feel crap for all these people, you know. And then I suddenly realised that, Sandra, you're a stupid cow. You've had PTSD for (laughs) probably since you were 15. And you've worked for 20, 15, 20 years, going out, trying to make people happy because you thought that was your purpose in life, that because I, there was no better feeling for me. See, when I watched somebody at the end of a class and they're like that, oh, my God, I had such a good time. And I promise you, Lisa, it was never about I did it for them. No. It was just people, because I know people think that. They, they do think they'll go, I but you get to stand on stage. I'm like, it's not about that. No. I know for some people it might be about mm-hmm. that. It's definitely mm-hmm. not about that well, for me. Sure. It was the feeling I got from people when they were like that. You know what? They came to a B1 and they're like, oh, so nervous when I came in, but I feel brilliant. And I'd like that great because you know what I think subconsciously I was like I wished I had somebody to do that for you when I was younger that would have took me and said do you know what see all that nonsense Mm -hmm. you spout you can see it you don't have to shut up it was the theme going through my entire life for different people which Mm -hmm. made me think there was something wrong with me with me was why are you the way you are and I didn't have an answer for it because I just thought I had a truly bad personality that annoyed Jeez. people. Like, this is horrible to hear because I'm just like, there's nothing better than you. I want to celebrate the fact that we are all different. Like, I think the world would be a really boring place mm-hmm. if we're all the same. This, like, comparison thing, like, if you're not like this, you know, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt said it was this thief of joy. This, you know, comparing yourself, but also comparing yourself to your past self. Like, so I understand that the kind of looking back is difficult. Because you're like, ah, why did I do that? Why did I say that? If I hadn't have done that, that would have happened. Mm. You know, all the things you're saying, the choices. But the, you made those choices at the time and it was with the right intention. Well, I like to think it was the right intention at the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I see, I've matured through it now and I see it now. And you know when people always say, eh, oh, you know what? It makes you who you are and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, aye, it does, but... It's easy to tell people not to have regrets, isn't it? It's easy. So, I say it to yeah, people all the time. I've caught myself saying, regrets. I agree, right? But I do. when I look back on it now and I look at how, you know, when you meet people and I had this weird, I've just always had this weird thing inside that, especially for women, right, mm-hmm. that I just want them to feel good about themselves. And I think it's because I saw how my mum was treated. Okay. And then that led on to me making wrong decisions about men because my mum was the kind of person where it used to drive me crazy. She was kind to everybody. My mum had no boundaries. Yeah. Zero boundaries, right? Even if somebody really messed her about, she'd be like, oh, well, you know, they're going through stuff and I just wanted to shake her. Oh. Like, and I think that's why sometimes I can come across as being a wee bit militant when I talk about women's rights and stuff like that and, you know, how there's a war on women and stuff. 
But I really do think we as women are magical. I really do. And I look at other women, like I look at you and I'm like that, your confidence and you just speak to people and, you know, it's so natural for you. And I look at, no, it is, it's very, it's like you, you know, when you talk about know thyself, you know exactly what your gift, like this is, some things cannot be taught. Some things are hardware skills, some things are software Mm -hmm. skills. And I truly believe we can pick skills up. But you're in your purpose. Like, you make people feel so at ease that they can talk about random stuff like this. That's kind. But I just have this calling that I've got women that come up to see me and she'll be like, oh, no, you know, am I too old for this? And and I feel it shaking them like that. Do you know what? <laughs> see if you had any idea how freaking special you are. Like, if somebody was to give you a book of your life and show you all the things that you'd done, yeah. you know, and all the things that you'd been through and you'd achieved and stuff like that. Why is it so hard to love ourselves? You know, why is it so hard to transcend society telling us to be this, be that, say this, say that, don't say this, don't say that? Like, why is it so hard to be respectful of women? And it's not just men. And listen, I'm, I see the victimness. I see men being victims as well, right? And I know when you're brought up a certain way and it's this whole thing, oh, that's my boy, Mm. boys will be boys. They're not done any favours. They can't, you know, they don't feel comfortable crying. Exactly. It's like you have men out there. This is why we boys are punching each other on the playground because they're not allowed their feelings. They're not allowed their emotions. They're not allowed to cry. And if they cry, they're, you know, so men have got a whole different set of problems. But I just think... Well, you're, you can only speak your truth as a woman your, from your perspective to then inspire oh, other women. It. Do you know what I mean? This like, is it. You can be be empathetic towards other people's experiences, but if you've got a lived experience as a woman mm-hmm. and you, you, what, being through what you've been through to date, you know, then, yeah, you have that that instant connection with other women and you have a platform. I think it's that holding space thing again. Because I, I often feel like sometimes like I might come across as like a show off, like what's she up to now? And she's always putting something out in the world. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm like, do I come across as the kind of person that's like, she's always got to be shouting the loudest or doing sort of put, you know, putting some sort of product out in the world. And I'm like, genuinely what my, what does drive me is just this connection. Mm-hmm. And that's whether it's, it's dance it's, or the observation is wild. Like it's it's like <laughs> your self observation. It's like it's weird for you to for me to hear you voice that. Do other people think that when it's so far removed? Oh, the, the, the impre- for, from the impression and the mark that you make on the world. It's like where where does that come from? Like where is mm-hmm. where does that wee voice? come from because I'm looking at you and I'm like I admire you so much right thank you right but, back at you no but it's true I admire you so much and I'm like where does that wee voice come is it even ours Lisa well this is the thing I mean I grew up in a house where anything was possible so I know it doesn't come from my parents Jim. Mm-hmm. like they were so supportive and so I know it doesn't come from them because mm-hmm. and they're still 100% behind me you know all my madcap ideas I'm like oh I'm thinking of doing this great mm-hmm. do it so I know it doesn't come from them so I don't know where it comes from, I don't know if it was just if it's society. I don't know if it's society large, but I've got so many people around me cheerleading me. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? So I, I'm so lucky because lots of people are like, "You're doing great." That's proud. Hundreds of other people don't have that, mm-hmm. and that's what I try to be for other people when I get the see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you're just saying about always putting something out. That's I've always always berated myself for not putting my stuff out okay right so that's the weirdest thing because i have all these ideas now if i was to tell you that people 
come to me for the names of things. They come to me for concepts and stuff. And I, I'm like, see, as soon as I can be in that creative space, I'm like, right, you can do this, you can do that, do, 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 do this and do that and do that. But I cannot do it for myself, right? And I used to really berate myself. Why am I, why can I not just put stuff out? Mm. Like all the time people say, why do you not post more videos on mm. Instagram? Some people post every day and I'm like, because see the thought of making videos of me, myself, it, it, it icks me a little bit and it's a Wait, bit crazy, when isn't I it? see you've put something up, I get excited because I'm like, oh, what's this? See, this it's wild, isn't it? Because so I look at you having that, there's no barrier for you to put yourself out there. Mm. And I think that's what women need because other women feel brave when they see women who are brave. True. I mean, there's that, there is something in the podcast name, do you know what I mean? Like the broad mm. and brave, like, because I'll say, Anybody who come on this podcast, see if you're passionate about something. Mm-hmm. There is no hierarchy. There's no like entry level. You don't need to tick a box. Like <laughs> you and you must to... have five thousand followers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know that's not what I want for the podcast. And the more listeners or the followers that the podcast gets, it doesn't change who I want to be speaking to. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a passionate person who's happy to sit down and have a blather and share that with the world, then great. I mean, it doesn't matter to me who you are and what you've done. It's more about that connection and, and sharing your story to inspire, to give other people, like, you know, the, the permission. Sometimes okay. it's just like somebody else going, you can totally do that. And you're Am like, I? I know, it's allowed. Or, well, people don't think this. Who, like, who cares if they do? If they do think that, whatever that is, it's probably something more in them mm-hmm. than you. Do you know what I mean? But I can talk a good game and I believe it all. I believe you. I would say it to, I quite often would say it to myself. So when I'm feeling gallus, that's when uh-huh. I'll put something. And you might be the same then, in the sense that you have a moment. You're like, "Hi, that is a good video." And you're having out. a moment. Eh? Have a moment. Put it out. So you're we not like, just always have moments, exactly. though. You know. Do you know what I mean, so I don't know what that kind of shutting down. Like, oh, maybe you're too loud. Maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe you should not. You know, people will think you're. Follow yourself, blah blah blah. Don't Imagine if we got hypnotized and we traced it back to some random throwaway comment that some teacher made in primary six. No doubt. Like, oh, Lisa, why are you always loud? Sandra, why are you always talking shite? You know, it's like, imagine if we could trace it all the way back to that. I don't know, I was listening to a video yesterday and it's funny talking about that voice, right? And it was the, the guy was saying, you know how we have that internal dialogue where you'll, you'll be driving somewhere and you'll go, oh, I was supposed to phone Lisa. I forgot to phone Lisa. And it's in your head. Now, that's you having a two-week conversation Mm. with yourself, but also observing that conversation. So, which totally pickled my mind. I'm like, that's true. So if that is the case, if that wee voice comes in and says, oh, Sandra, stop talking shite. If I'm observing that voice, then is it really me? Hmm. Is it really me? So then you should be able to step in. If it's not you, you should be able to step in and say, excuse me, I'm actually not. Exactly. (laughs) Shut up. Who asked you? Uh Uh-huh. But where does that bloody come from? I don't know it. Yeah. I mean, sabotage mode, my Mm. brain is out to get me. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. Aye. Uh, I mean, it frighten you, the things that go on. Oh, all day long. Oh, it's, it's, I think the distraction is, do lots of stuff. Do lots like of say. stuff. Do the and things. And just drown it out. And then occasionally it gets loud and we have to address that. And then we go back to, yeah, just distract and keep mm-hmm. doing things. Because I do believe in what I'm doing. I must. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not, 
kidding on that I'm enjoying myself mm-hmm. or that, you know. Ah, exactly. Well, you know, Are you authentic? You're authentic. And when I'm in the moment, because like that was the thing about, and you would have felt it, I'm sure as well, being at home during the pandemic, not being in the room, like being in the room with other humans mm-hmm. uh, feeds my soul. And that could be one human, right. like where this, this, this is topping me up, mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. Or, you know, later on I'm going to a workshop with young people and I know I'll get so much of that as well. Being in the room is so important to me. So I think the pandemic, I was like, who am I? Mm. I had to get a sit with who am I if I'm not in the room? But then I, I'm like, well, it's just another... It's another hat, isn't it? But so bloody valuable because I'm like that. Well, has this, that pause Mm -hmm. in time, was it forcing us to do shadow work so we evolved? Mm -hmm. What was it? Was it really about what we thought it was about? Like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who have lots of different ideas about what was going on. Because I've spoken to so many people who have come back to trainings, have come back to classes, mm-hmm. and they're like different people. It's like okay. like before the pandemic, they were iPhone 12. Now they're iPhone 14. Okay, yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I had time to think about this, and I thought about this, and there's people that have divorced, there's people that have got mm-hmm. together. There's like, it's almost like there's everybody changed in a short period of time. Like some evolutions take a lifetime, but for the majority of women that I spoke to, were we forced to address these things about ourselves? Were we forced to look at ourselves and listen? Like you were saying, talking a good talk. I always say, right, you know, you've got to love the good bits of yourself, but you've got to kind of look at the jaggy bits as well, right? Yeah. So were we forced to look at the jaggy bits? The polished bits are easy to look at because they're shiny and nice, right? And they're distracting. But then you've got all these jaggy bits that have got cobwebs on them and stuff like that. Is that what that did? Because that hat of being the person in the room mm. was suddenly removed. Yeah. There's definitely growth and something to be learned from just, um, yeah, like like those jaggy bits and just embracing them and not trying to like smooth them mm-hmm. out, like not chisel away at them. You're like, that gives life a bit of texture and a bit of, you know, so like not berating yourself for the stuff that you're not mm-hmm. good at or the stuff that you give yourself a hard time mm-hmm. about. It's like, that just well, makes a person, doesn't it? It was like, you would even on social media during the pandemic, it was like, oh, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. I'm like, Abby half a box of Pringles and I've watched Tiger King that's as far as I've got this week do you know what I mean it was like yes. I just some kind of this overachieving like I, it's like oh, do you know what I mean that's I, me though that is me you know what I mean I, I want that Tiger King for me. myself <laughs> I want that for myself Lisa mm. you need to like whatever that is bottle it give it to me so I can like I just because yeah, I feel as if so correct me if I'm wrong and because I feel as if there was a moment where you were starting to put stuff out that wasn't Zumba. Mm-hmm. It was definitely Sandra, and then there's been a there's been a pause. Am I right? I see. The thing is, I'm the kind of person who only posts when the moment takes me. Right. That moment, I'm not the kind of person that posts for the sake of posting. Unless I'm feeling it in that moment, I'll yeah. maybe post it. Now, it's maybe not always the right thing. Sometimes. That would be my way to to vent out what I was saying, not mm-hmm. even expecting a reaction, um, because I have this this very um, and it's going to sound really judgmental, but I have this real thing about injustice, about you know the state of the world, and you know just people who are struggling, mm-hmm. you know, and they shouldn't be struggling because there's actually no need for people to be struggling, but we're at the mercy of very greedy people who I think in my head 
I wanted to give people a different perspective, you know, and I think whenever something's maybe triggered me, I'll use that word, or I, sometimes I feel the need to just put it out there to say, listen, there's a there is a different way to look at this. I might not be right, I might not be wrong. If it doesn't resonate, just walk on past. You don't need to comment, but I'm just putting out my thoughts on this platform, you know, and it tends to be about injustice, it tends to be about women's rights, this kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the way it moves forward for me. And I, if somebody can come and change my mind about things, I'm happy to do that. It's like that that meme, that famous meme, the dude he's sitting with the table and it's like, you'll make a statement like, trees are green, change my mind. You know what I mean? I'm like that. I am that person. Because if <laughs> even if it's bonkers, if it resonates with me, I'll be like, right, right, okay. Mm. Because I don't believe there is just this. You know, I don't believe people are just a meat suit. What I, I just think there's so, there's so much more to this earthly existence um i'm not left i'm not right i'm certainly not a conspiracy theory but i'm certainly open to absolutely everything that comes my way and i love going down rabbit holes i think having an open mind and an open heart especially in times right. like these is like so important Do you know what i mean not leading with a closed off i've decided that's it mm-hmm. you know my way or no way totally. at all and like I, like i said earlier, it's, it's important to have your your values and the things that you you're not willing to budge on easily mm-hmm. because of the people around you and who you want to protect, you want to protect yourself. Do you know what I mean? The things that fundamentally make you tick. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, kindness, I- I'm just not going to budge on that because, like, that's totally. important to me. That totally. I number one. Number uh, one. I did a, a um, workshop uh, with a person that's been on the podcast, um, Brianna Pagado, and she got us doing a values wheel. So it was basically for people in business. And it was basically like, what are your values? What are the things that are important to you? So you to write a list and then from that list of 10, pick your top five and then pick your top three. And it was basically like any any interaction, business or personal you, you go into, do, does this thing that you're getting into align with ah, your three right. values. I love that. It's really like it's quite enlightening actually. Like, doesn't it take that box? You know, because obviously when you are freelance, you're mm. you know yourself, like you're doing the hustle, you're doing some things you just need to do for the money. And you're like, well it doesn't really tick that box. You know, mm-hmm. it's not really like serve But you've got to survive, you know what I mean? Totally. And I think that's fine. But you know, if essentially it's not going to abuse your top three values, mm-hmm. then it's all right. I love that. I think it's important to like just check in with yourself mm-hmm. and go, is um, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. And is it for, uh, I say the right reasons, but I think just mm-hmm. leading with what's important to you. And I mean, obviously, I know you're not a person who's leading with any sort of hateful, like. Well, th- this is it. I mean, I just, I think that's a really heavy thing to carry in your heart, isn't it? It's like, and somebody's always got a quote about something, you know, about poison and whatever, but there's always the, the opposite quote to that, you know. But I do think, especially for women as well, like being kind, I being nice, no, not so much. You don't have to be, you don't have to be, I don't think you have to be nice mm. as a woman. I think we need to get rid of that whole thing about women just have to be nice. Why is she not being nice? Like an me? ornament. <laughs> like an ornament. Smile. Like, that's, and that, that is, that's the most infuriating thing for me is that, that a lot of people think, I'm not you know, here for your amusement. Like, I don't, I, like, why do you need me to smile? I'm not here you? to decorate your day. <laughs> I'm not here to make you smile. It's not uh-huh. my responsibility to be your mother. It's not my responsibility to make you happy. It's like it's like even a, a laugh. We we're talking about cats earlier, right? And I'm like, I actually love collecting cats now. I am I am the proverbial 
cat lady, cat right? Because cats are so strong. Well, they're so strong in their own character. Dogs, right? Every day is the best day of their life, right? If you've got a chocolate, <laughs> the best day of my life. A cat is like, mm, whatever. Mm, take you just, leave it. Exactly. They are completely themselves. There's no excuses, no ifs, no buts. I've been single for such a long time. Okay. And I laugh and I joke with people. I'm like, oh, I'm single, I'm single. But secretly, it's through choice, right? Because I am 42. I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want, right? That is a gift. And <laughs> That is a gift. I don't want anybody that I have to hold up, mm. that I have to... I don't want to fix anybody. I don't want to be the emotional... Uh, the emotional cushion mm. for someone for me now at this season of my life it's like come correct if you come correct and you add value to my life then that's fine we could we could we could have fun we could you know enjoy each other's company but I don't want anybody in my house apart from my cats and my daughter mm-hmm. I don't want anybody with coming to me with expectations of how I should be and you know it's that whole thing you're single for a, a, such a long time you start to see someone and then suddenly they're like that what time will you be back I'm like that. None of your business. Like it's like you know you can't just suddenly fall into this role. And I don't want to be someone's mum, and I don't mm. want to be someone's carer. And that's just the way it is for me. And if that means that I'm going to be with my cats because my daughter's going to go to uni soon, then that's just the way it's yeah. going to be. I'd rather collect experiences. I'd rather be free and do my thing. Like my mum's always said to me, "You've always had itchy feet," <laughs> because I just I've had this um thing where I get really don't say my back I'll ever get up right see when you, there's a physical reaction is when someone tries to tell me what to do especially I see if a guy's like that to me you need to do that I'm like, it's like the comes out. I'm like what did you say you know what I mean it's like but what a what a gift and I say a gift because that's that sounds like it's been given to you you've you've curated that that mm. attitude that that is so important that's that's the inspiring bit having known what all the stuff that you've done in the world you know you've traveled the world you're the way you move your body just blows my tiny mind like seriously it's bonkers because i don't see it i don't see it sandra i swear to god like the first time i saw you move i was just like oh my god you have just got it I, I don't even have the words you just you've got it it's just instinctual it's just innate you were born to move Honestly, it's the most. Without you even open your mouth, it was the most inspiring thing. Mm. It's awesome. But what is so enlightening, and what what I'm taking away from this is like what you just said about not not compromising. And I think to an extent, we all compromise mm-hmm. with the relationships, whether yep. it's a fleeting conversation with somebody at a bus stop or whatever. We're all just doing a dance, if you like. That's right. To the that's end. We're all just trying to like, you know, you're trying to work with this person in the moment. Um we're all trying hopefully trying to do the right thing with the right intentions. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going back to that not compromising on you've spent the time, you've put in mm-hmm. the work to find out who you are and how you work and what what's good for you. At this point in your life, why would you then just go that thing that I've worked really hard on that mm-hmm. and I've came over those hurdles? I'm just going to just gonna give that up. It's fine. Um, I don't need that actually. Well, no, you do because that's who you are. And I think just what you said there. I think that's I'll that's my mm-hmm. takeaway. Like I'm going to try and be more that. Well, I I don't know where it. Maybe it's just maybe it's just tiredness. Maybe I just I am the proverbial older lady who just 
at the certain you point in my life, I, I decide you meet, like, I'm an older lady. I kind of like it, though, because Jayla's an older lady as well. But do you know what? You and I are just, like, well, me kicking and, ass. Me and Evie talk about this all the time. It's funny because... Uh, because she'll say things to me sometimes. And I listen, I give her a totally free existence. Like in my house, she uses profanity and stuff like that. I'd rather she was completely open with me than went outside and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've always had this very, very open relationship where she can ask me anything. Because mm-hmm. I don't want her ever to be taken advantage of or made a fool of. And I want her to be safe on the streets as well, right? Absolutely. So we've always so had this relationship. Well, she's so like... She's so mature because she went through so much with her illness when she's younger. She's kind of she's matured yes. really, really quickly. I always and got that very, impression of her when like, used to share like me videos or whatever mm-hmm. of you and her. Like you could just see the bond right mm-hmm. away, you know. And I just always got the impression like she had a good head on her shoulders. Oh, she's so, she's she super deep. older than the uh, Oh, I totally. Uh, like, some of the things she said to me, I'd be like, <laughs> I would laugh and I would say her um, things like, "Oh well, would you rather I rocked up to school?" Because she's at the age now where. I'm cringy, right? No. no, seriously, she's good. She's at that. I'm sorry, Evie. You're not cringy. I am cringy to her now. See when, <laughs> see when she was younger, she loved the fact that I was different to other mums. I bet. You know, I mean, I would rock up with like a ACDC t-shirt on yes. or whatever, right? And mascara all in my face because I just woke up. But she kind of liked that. Um, but now she's at a point where. And it's funny because I catch myself being cringy. Like, I'll go into the room and I'll say something to her and I can just see by her face. And I'm like, oh my God, I am that cringy mum. Dude, this is a new face for you. Well, not cringe enough for her not to steal my clothes and ruin them. So, you know, double standards, eh? So. I love it. And it must be so exciting at this stage, like seeing her, you know, going into adulthood Mm -hmm. and like everything you've instilled in her to this point knowing that she's going to go on and do the things that she wants to do and she's going to make mistakes but she's and she's going to have a great time but she's going to be able to come back to you and tell you about it all mm-hmm. that, that I think that I mean I'm not a parent but I can only understand that that's what you would want Aye. that you, there's there's that honesty and that openness in your relationship that you know she's safe because mm-hmm. that's what you've instilled in her like you can be you and when it doesn't go right, you can come back home and tell me about totally. it. And, and, and everything's fixable, everything's sortable. Well, this is what I've said to her. It's like, um, you know, I just want her to to be able to go out into the world without the same kind of luggage yeah. that I had, you know, that kind of scarcity, like, thinking where, you know, you when you grow up with nothing, you always kind of think it follows you around when you're older, you know, you're always, like, worrying about, you know, we'll have enough money for this, we'll have a, enough money for that. And I don't, I almost don't want her to be pre-programmed because of me. Because going back to what I said at the very, very start of this conversation, I don't believe parents should design their children. I don't think we should force, I think you give them a framework mm. and let them build their character from there. That's right. That's wrong. Yeah, you should There's want nuance. because we didn't have enough. Ah, right. It's you, like, you know, like, do you know when importance on things that maybe just aren't important to me? You know, like having a flashy car or a big house because you didn't have that. That's totally. great if that's what you want. Totally. That's maybe not what they want. Mm-hmm. And then there's this expectation that that's what you're going to do. Like, you're going to go to uni because nobody else in the family went to uni. Exactly. That kind of vibe, you know, and it's like, that's great if that's what that person wants. But if they don't, how much pressure must that be to be like, uh, I'm to have to please, eh? And uh-huh. I actually know a lot of people who are in situations where they can't make decisions about their life because of their family and family ties and stuff like that. And I see them struggle where there's nothing 
you can say about that apart from be there for that person because you're not in that situation and I came from obviously a family where I had no curfew like Mm -hmm. I was out and about wandering the streets at two in the morning at like 12 you know so from wanting her just to make her own decisions and her own choices but without having the same kind of weird subconscious programming running in the background and I caught myself this is the biggest lesson actually I caught myself say something to her and as soon as I said it I was like oh my god I had no right to say that to her I think I bought her something it was super expensive my choice Mm -hmm. not her choice Mm -hmm. she never asked for it okay and something had happened with it and it broke and I said to her you need to learn to be more grateful and she just looked at me like and I remember being raging I was like you know what do you know how much that was? Uh-huh. And yeah. then it wasn't until it came out of my mouth, I went, how can I ask her to be grateful when she's never had scarcity? Uh, she's always been provided for, which kids should be to the best of your ability. She's she's never had to, she's never been hungry. Mm-hmm. She's never not had new clothes. Yeah. She's never been bullied at school because she was wearing somebody else's shirt that they got up bringing by sale for the school, you know, yeah. which is what we grew up yeah, with, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's no shade to my mum. She did the best that she could. She had five kids, you know what I mean? Um, but then I realised, I'm, like, I'm asking her to respond to me with gratitude where she doesn't know what it's like to be grateful yet because she's never had to be grateful yet. You can only feel one thing if you felt the contrast. It's like when we ha- they talk about, you've got to be sad to know what happy feels like. It's the weirdest thing because she's the most unspoiled child, even though she's always had. Yeah. But she has this understanding. Like it's, it, not, she, a given. Aye, it's not a it given. Like she, somebody that that's hard work, sweet. If she asked me for something yeah. and I said no, it was never questioned. Yeah. It was never. Oh, but why? She's never had that. Sorry, it, she just accepted yeah, it. Yeah. And I don't know if that comes from knowing that she doesn't need it. She just wanted it. That's it. You know, that's the difference. You don't need it. You just want it. And probably because you've got a close relationship as well. She's been witness to the hard work that, mm-hmm. you know, you having to go away and you being tired and, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean, like everything that you put into your career for the both of you. So she's probably just more aware than maybe some other parents would shield their kids from that mm-hmm. and think that's a good idea. But then kids have no idea when money comes for you. Aye. I says, I don't care if you're on a stage or you're busking. Yeah. As long as you're happy doing what you're doing in that moment, I don't want you to ever have to worry about money or, you know, or rent or whatever. Of course, you'll live within your means. I says, but I want you to, to pursue the thing mm. that gives you joy. Yeah. And I don't care what it is, whether it's knitting, tea parties, I don't care what it is. It is. As long as you wake up in the morning, you look forward to it. And do you feel that's where you're at for you? Uh, yes and no. I'm I'm at a bit of crossroads now, um, where I think because obviously we've all changed after mm-hmm. COVID, and you know we've looked at a lot of things and stuff. And dancing will always be a huge part of my life, and I absolutely love Zumba because I love the part I love about Zumba is ordinary people that come into a class mm-hmm. and they've went their whole lives not realizing they love to dance. And they love music. They love music they don't understand. They love rhythms they don't know the names of, you know, and all that kind of thing. I'll never, that will always be part of it. But there is a huge part of me that looks back and think I should have went back to dance earlier. I want to go back to teaching dance workshops. And I also want to retire 
with a load of animals in a barn. Had my life went differently, um, I would have had loads of kids. Like, mm. even if I was, like, single with Angelina Jolie's money, I would have <laughs> loved to be surrounded by loads of kids and loads of animals. Mm. You know, I love young kids. I love their energy, their spark. I just love, like... I just love wee characters doing their own wee thing, and yes. you know what I mean. I just and I love animals I, as well. I totally so understand that. Like, um, yeah, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Every week, I get that fulfillment. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like meeting young people? And it is, it, it does fill you up. And I think that's when I you all say every day's a school day because oh, you do I... learn from. I learn from everybody that I probably interact with, but I think young people just like if you just give them the space totally learn so much for but, sure you know what you said about the teacher having mm-hmm. that one teacher that that kind of maybe would even put you on a different course yeah like you are that for these kids because in this i feel like in this day and age teachers at high school or even primary school they're so stressed they're so like underpaid and overworked and it's like it's easy for a parent to moan about the level of education that your child is or isn't getting but mm. People are so, it's like the nurses in the NHS, people are so stretched and they're only human. Of course, you can only do what you can do. So to be that person that goes and does a workshop yeah. and for one kid in that room to go, oh my God, Lisa's inspired me. Yeah. You know, and I, and I don't, I take that seriously because I do go into schools and, and some teachers say, would you be a great teacher? And I'm like, no, I would not. Because this is where I'm supposed to be. I get mm-hmm. to do the fun stuff. I, and I get to go, Cheerio, I don't need to do the paperwork. Right. You get I to go in and do the inspiring, totally. but you don't have to be that 24 hours a day. Absolutely. And, and that's why, I, and I've got lots of friends who are teachers, you know, I did an English degree in a past life. So loads of my mates became teachers and I absolutely, hands down, I, you know, they're wonderful at their job working within the, the system that, that's in place mm-hmm. and, and doing their absolute best to keep these kids on the straight and narrow and give them all the opportunities. But yeah, I get to do the fun bit mm-hmm. and I'm highly aware of that. But it, it comes with its own responsibility, mm-hmm. like you say, do you know I mean, that people are looking at you for that inspiration, for that permission to move and do and create stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of like, we're going to make a dance and they're like I don't know how to do that I'm like yeah absolutely do uh-huh. like, this is how we're going to do it and you know it's like they're looking for you to give them the answer and I'm like you've got the answer no me so it's all that kind of stuff and I know how much of a gift it is um but I think that's you need to then give yourself back that gift and just looking at you I'm like you can do anything you want to do there's nothing stopping you like you just I stop me but I stop need, me so you need to know I know I need to know do you know what's funny I you're capable think... of anything uh, and more I had you know, this wee voice that we don't know if it's ours or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a blessing and a curse. And I always remember I was having a moan at myself, this wee voice, well, having a moan at this voice. And the voice said back to me, whether it was me or not, said, there are people with less doing more. And I was like, "That was that me or was it my mum? Like, who was that? Was that my mum coming through to say, you don't have to have the studio, you don't have to have this, you just have to do it. Mm. I think I still, even at 42, I'm still working on the the shyness, the nervousness of being allowed to be me without somebody saying, why are you the way you are? You know, because it's like you you paying me a compliment, my first reaction to you saying, oh, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. And I'm like that, that wee voice will instantly go, no, she can't. Catherine Welch, who I, who I know is just a brilliant speaker and works in the creative industries, does lots of things. And she says basically... Um, you just need to like you, so this big goal of yours or, or just like a, an idea that you've got seems like huge and you're just like but there's just no way like other folk can do that but not me or because of the timing or where I'm at or do 
she's like, you just need to take one really pathetic step <laughs> towards that. So if you were wanting to go and study something, you just need to like Google the course and just uh-huh. read the prospectus. And that'll be enough for today. Uh-huh. And that should take one really pathetic, I mean, that might be even smaller than that, just one pathetic step towards whatever the goal is. And then you go, right, tick. Uh-huh. Then another wee pathetic step. You know, that you don't need to like... So it's just totally... like, it's momentum, I know. And it's uh-huh. funny that because it's like, I find it so, so easy to see the plan. Mm. For other people. See, when somebody says, well, this is what I want to do, and da 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 and they'll say, how do I do that? I'm like, right, well, da 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 I can join the dots for them. But I have this weird... I often it's feel like... for the tease. Because you're in it. I feel like I'm the fixer for everybody but me. I can say this with ease. Mm. There are people I've given this advice to who are now Sorry. doing amazing, yeah. whether it's been a name I've given them, whether it's a concept mm. I've given them, to the point where... Sometimes I'll put things out that are mine mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've just given so freely over the years that now I'm in the situation where people just take. They'll just copy directly. <laughs> and I'm like, that this wasn't what we agreed. Yeah. This was like, okay, like wait, 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 wait. You know, it's yeah. it's this weird kind of dichotomy where it's it like to me like you probably just need to take that pathetic step towards mm-hmm. whatever it is you want to achieve. Because mm-hmm. there's no doubt that you could do it. Look at all the things you've done today. That you couldn't have like dreamt up all the things that you've achieved. I'm sure, like when you were a young person, you were like, "And I'm going to go and travel the world. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to inspire all these people. I'm going to train all these people. I'm going to be on stage. I'm going to talk." I'm... You you couldn't have planned all that. That that was just you reacting to opportunities and things, mm-hmm. going after things like somebody planted a seed and going, ah, "I can do that." Or well, it out if, you, if you if you tell me that the world is going to end tomorrow mm-hmm. at three thirty. I'll have a plan by 2.25. So I am the most productive when it's urgent. See see if it's a life Uh or death case. If it's a life or death case, I will have it done Mm. for you. And it's funny, you could give me a deadline for 12 months. I'm still going to do it the day before, Lisa. Do you know what I mean? Because I think to myself, if I prepare, Uh I give myself too much time to pick holes and change things and whatever. And so maybe what it's you a need nightmare. to do is you need to write down the things that you want, right? So you have to do that. And then you have to put it out in the world. And right. then other people will then present those opportunities, but it'll need to be like the day before. Aye, totally. So Sandra, we need you tomorrow to mm-hmm. do this. And you'll be like, mm-hmm. no bother. But the thing is, they'll say, we need this tomorrow. And I'll go, yeah. And then I'll freak out and have a total panic attack, but then I'll get it done. Then I'll get it done and it's done. It's like I work on adrenaline and urgency. Oh, I'm a wee bit of a little 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 you can't go past that moment. There's that magic moment, isn't there, where it's like, right, this has... It's even so we dance. It works differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how we work. It's all right. Totally. And, okay, we might get a wee bit stressed, but nobody died. Nobody died. <laughs> so We still mean... delivered, absolutely. Do you know what? I love that. That's... that's... Do you know what I mean? What I would say at this moment is that I believe in you, I see oh, you. Don't. You'll get me emotional. I'm honestly, like, knowing what I know of you, like, getting the, the, the connection that we've got just now, 
whatever you're going to do, you're, you're going to excel at it, you're going to soar, it's going to be done with joy and, you know, just the same energy that you give everything that you do, clearly. Listen, it's just reflecting back at yeah. you. We're just mirrors for each other then. No, totally, it's totally. <laughs> As we sit in my rather dishevelled kitchen. Listen, Lisa, I rocked, I rocked to up to your door a week early because I got my date wrong. Do you know what I mean? This, Come on. This is meant, it was meant to happen today. Now, on that note, before you, I'm going to let you have a life. Um, <laughs> we do a thing called the Hingamajigs on here. And these are just random questions that I like to ask all my guests before they, they shoot off. Just to see what your answer would be today. Now, I've got them on my phone and I'm desperately trying to look for them. Hingy. I love it, the Hingamajigs. Do you remember how to spell Hingy? Every time I hingy. You know Hingy? hingy. Um, do you have a quote or a mantra that you kind of keep going back to? Yes, and I actually have it written on my mirror and lipstick in my bathroom, and it says, "It says you are enough." Because I, I want to see it, and I want Evie to see it every day as well, and I want it to subconsciously ingrain in her brain. So you are, you are enough, indeed. I love that. I love how it's in your mirror and lipstick and lipstick and my favourite lipsticks in my mirror. <laughs> I mean, I have to say as well, you turned up my house looking like. You always do the most glamorous version of yourself. Oh, and I couch. No, listen, do you know what? See, when I'm d- doing my face, it's this it's this weird kind of trance-like state where I can totally relax. My mm-hmm. brain doesn't fire because I have monkey brain. It's constantly going... Blah, 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 blah. So the, there's only two times when monkey brain isn't monkeying. And that's when I dance and when I'm doing makeup for some reason because I was really into painting when I was younger and I don't know if it's the same kind of thing. Okay. So that's why I always look like I've just come out of a drag show. I love your makeup's always a it's, kill it. I'm just like... Mm-hmm. I love that. My hair's not brushed, but my face is done. So, well, you look beautiful. Thanks, Hen. Um, oh, I have to ask this one. What would your teenage self see oh. if they could see you now? Oh, I would think my teenage self wouldn't believe it. Hmm. My teenage self would be like, oh, my God, you're not broken. You don't have a terrible personality. You made it. No, I think my teenage self would say, "Thank you. I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna be all right. Definitely, because when I think back at how I was as a teenager, to have that reassurance that it was gonna work out. Yeah, it wouldn't be smooth, but it was gonna work out. I would just be like that. If I could go back and say it, I'd definitely say that. Listen, chill. It's gonna be all right. The question that I ask everybody, so I change them up, but because it's called the Brown the Brave. What's your favourite Scots word or phrase? Oh my God, it's a swear word actually. <laughs> We've got the me explicit sign. It's fine. Oh, um, it, it, I mean, I don't even know if the origins of this is Scottish, but I know Scotland has taken it to heart, mm. and it can be used interchangeably for everything, for whether it's an insult or a term of endearment, and it's got to be cunt. I knew you were going to say that one. Yeah, it's been said before. To I make love fair. it. It's been said before. But the origins of the word, have you read Cunt, the book? No. You need to read Cunt. Okay. It's a female empowerment book about where the word comes from. And you know when, you know, the patriarchy take it and they use females as as an insult. Mm. Oh, you're a pussy. You are this and that. And I'm Mm. like, you know what? Cunts are a portal. 
they are do you know what I mean it's the most magnificent like thing I mean, giving. and in Scotland we are always like oh see that cunt yeah I'm happy you said that That that's, <laughs> you're right and it comes, brings us right back down back to that female energy being a woman mm-hmm. being a strong empowered person that you are you're getting back aye do you know what I mean he's it's like, mine do you know it's I'm having a ball back aye well give me aye give my ball back by the way you can't have my ball so I love it and do you know what it's like um, when I do my session at convention, the Pierce Factor, and it's about uh, all the female artists in music history and dance history. So we feature everybody, Janet, Aretha, everybody. Everybody that's had a journey, mm. you know. Even Britney's had a journey, you know. Um, and that's one of the things. And I can't ever remember where I first, whether it was a TED Talk or something, and there was this lady, and she spoke about the concept of, you know, if someone calls you a bitch, to say thank you. Because... It means, and I can't remember what she said, but I made it brave, intelligent, tenacious, courageous, and honest. So you embody like the bitch, and you take it back. So if somebody like tries to use it against you, you're like, oh, because no, what no weapon can prosper. No weapon can prosper mm. when you know thyself. You're like, you're a bitch. You're like that. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> so are you fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, listen, this has just been everything and more. I knew it was going to be, but thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you. I've been on my doorstep when I was like, I burst couch. Oh, my God. Listen, you're hardly, if that's what a burst couch is, then I want to be a burst couch. This is the biggest, this is the nicest surprise. So thank you so much. Oh, my, do you know what? I've had so much fun. You're just, you're just blessed. You're just, it's so easy to talk to. You've got such a beautiful energy, Lisa, honestly. And I really admire you. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting across from me. I really, really do. I'm flying it right back at you. That's why I asked you to come on the podcast. I, you know, I said to my sister Emma, I was like, so I'm just going on the podcast. She was like, yes. Aww. So I know so many people will listen to this and so much of it will resonate. And I can't thank you enough for like your honesty and your openness. Um, because like you said earlier on, like, you know, you put stuff out into the world and people get a, an impression of you. And, and, and what you always put out is always full of joy. But I think... Think revelations and things you've said today will make even more of a mark on people and I just thank you for that because being open and honest is being vulnerable and that's difficult mm-hmm. so I just wanted to thank you oh, I appreciate that I feel that this was a, a safe space because it definitely is well listen that's why I was so candid because I felt safe great I felt safe absolutely we could, I feel we could talk for another six hours but we could but you have a link I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn and the Brave a podcast about people and their passions Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.